Rony Zone Media and Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast proudly present Disney Once Again. Hello and welcome to Disney Once Again. In this podcast, we will revisit a Disney classic animated film. We're going to give our favorite things about it and any connections that we see to ABC TV's Once Upon a Time. Your hosts are Jeff Roney and Colleen Roney. And now on with the show. Hello. Hi. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Disney Once Again. This is podcast episode 239. You can get to the show notes at onceuponatimepodcast.com slash 239. Mm-hmm. Colleen has a bit of a cold. A little bit. It is hot here. There's oh. going to be fans running, so yeah. I'll do my best to get rid of the background sound. And if you live in the Orange County area, yes. I have some important news that we'll talk about at the end of the podcast. Yes. So... Without any further ado, we will dive into Frozen. Yes. Which sometimes I wish I was right now. So when we open the movie, we hear this interesting bit of music. (laughs) Now, when I first heard this, I said, that sounds familiar to me. And it doesn't sound like Frozen to me. No, it doesn't. It sounds like this. I thought it was Lilo and Stitch. (laughs) I thought Stitch was going to float down on a snowflake. I don't know. But it sounded familiar to me. But anyhow, it, it was a different song, it turns out. So... Yes. I don't even know how to how do you Vulule? Vuli. I okay. think I I really don't know. I'm not I'm not versed in Norwegian unfortunately and I believe it is a Norwegian word but I don't know. As the snowflakes began to float down, I started to think about the snowflake itself and I think it has something to do with the movie that we were that we're watching. A snowflake is very unique. We're all unique. Mm-hmm. And therefore, if someone has a gift or a magic or something, that that's what life's about. It makes them unique, like a snowflake. So yeah. that's the first kind of thing I thought of. And yet, snowflakes are all made of the same stuff. Right. Same DNA, same yes. makeup, but just they don't look the same. So we're all connected and, all, and we're all different. Exactly. Thanks a lot. I think <laughs> we've done our job and the, no, <laughs> there's more to talk about. No. But anyway, that's and I don't, that's important. I don't mean to sound trite, but no, it's the but, truth. Mm-hmm. And it's something that everyone keeps forgetting. Everybody's different, but we all essentially come from the same foundation. All of our blood is red. But I think the differences in life that we all have makes sure. things good and interesting. Right. But it also causes a little trouble here and there. So we'll talk about that as we go. The ice workers 
song. Yeah, Frozen Heart. Frozen Heart. It really gave, I think, a cool look into the Norwegian life. Which, again, in that opening, I wasn't sure where we were going. But that first song, when they were cutting the ice and all that, I said, okay, here we go. They're, They're setting the stage. We know where it is now. And it also showed little cute little bits of little Kristoff and Sven. Yes. And actually, it was a foretelling of what we were going to be seeing. Mm -hmm. And it was also kind of a synopsis of both Anna and Elsa. There's a couple of sections that did that, but this was one of them. Yes, for sure. That's exactly. And, Mm -hmm. And that is something we will kind of point out because... I noticed a lot that there were things that were foreshadows of things to come. You know, early on, we'd see something, and then we would see the exact thing or the exact opposite later. So Let's roll a bit of the song, and then okay. we'll kind of talk Sounds good. a little more in depth about it. Born of cold and winter, air and mountain rain combining. This icy force, both foul and fair, has a frozen harbor mining. So cut through the heart, cold and clear. Strike for love and strike for fear. See the beauty sharp and sheer. Split the ice apart and break the frozen heart. All right, and there's a lot of little things in there. Oh, my gosh. Foul yeah. and fair. Mm-hmm. Anna and Elsa both are fairly fair-skinned, fair-haired, mm-hmm. especially Elsa. You have born of cold and winter air and mountain rain combining, so Elsa ends up in the mountains, and that's maybe where she was born. We don't know. You have... Well, watch your step, let it go. And right. again, let that's it go. Part of part of what she did as magic is she put her foot down <laughs> and that began the process of the building right. of the of the, castle, the ice the ice castle. And also right. obviously let it go. Right. The ice workers were saying, Watch your step with the ice, let it go once it's above the water. Right. But it means something totally different is as we see. Yeah. Well, the other thing is strike for love and strike for fear. Mm-hmm. The two things that are at war in Elsa's heart. Right. And actually, Elsa has a frozen heart as well. Mm. If you think about it, Elsa's heart is frozen. Yeah. Yeah. Because she isolates herself from everyone else. She doesn't, but we'll, we'll talk about it, how she... <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. It also mentions ice has a magic... Can't be, be controlled. controlled. Stronger so, than one, stronger than mm-hmm. ten, stronger than a hundred men. Right, and it's true because she was, you know, more powerful than than even she realized. But I do love, and throughout the film, Kristoff was mentioning it's ice. I'm the ice deliverer guy. That's my life, and ice all is that. My life, yeah. And so it's interesting that they really do look at ice, even in this area. It, it, ice is important, right? Sure. Even back in time in U.S. history, the first refrigerator that you put a big block of ice, that was huge. It was an ice box. Because it preserved 
food longer right. so that you didn't have to eat everything. Obviously, before anything, you'd have to pack it in ice and you have to keep packing it in ice. But a the refrigerator ice box gave you a little more flexibility. And but it, the song talked about the magic of the ice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And what I noticed is that it was talking about the frozen heart. And I was looking at right. this layer of ice. Their goal was to cut through right. that. Break the break, frozen right. heart. Mm-hmm. And that was actually a foreshadowing of Anna, what was going to happen to Anna, but also to Elsa. Right. You had to break the frozen heart in order to get her out of that. Yes. So, and then that was, so that was the first part of the first core, or first verse, mm-hmm. was break the frozen heart. But at the end, it was beware the frozen heart. Yes. So there's the, and then actually, if you, as you're watching it, as they're as they're creating this, it was really cute to see Kristoff and Sven trying to mimic the older gentleman, Kristoff specifically. And but what was interesting too is that as they're cutting through the ice, it was very very interesting um, how they did that, and they had a rhythm and they had a very specific pattern. But there were points where they were talking about it can't be controlled, mm-hmm. and it's coming up in in very pointy shards, which is very much like what Elsa did later on a number of times. And they were red as well. Right. I think they were, they were showing that it was reflecting the sun, sunrise or something. But anyway, it was red. And then it reminded me of the, we're skipping ahead a bit, but the, the troll vision. Sure. Of fear. Sure. And also the red walls of Elsa's, Ice Palace. Ice Palace. Uh-huh. When toward the end, when she was scared or upset, right, right. but it started to turn red. Right. And the one thing I did want to point out is that what they were doing, and it reminded me as a kid, I had a book about whale whalers, uh-huh. about cutting the skin off the whale, and that's kind of what it, the the tools that they were using. It just I don't know, kind of reminded me of that, but. They were cutting these layers of ice into manageable chunks. It was talking about the magic of the ice, but it was they were conquering the magic and putting it into chunks that people could use. Mm-hmm. But also that it was cutting through that layer of ice down to the heart because it talked yeah. about the frozen heart. Right. Anyway, it's just I think there's a lot there, and I think we over talked about. It. I think this is interesting. <laughs> well, no, I think because. When I saw this movie the first time, I thought, wow, that's an interesting song, and it's an introduction of these characters. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think in terms of that. So it's basically kind of setting the scene for the unfolding story. Yes. So I don't know how many people maybe have seen that or heard that. or So hopefully it'll be interesting for somebody. Little Elsa. I'm sorry, Little Anna. Little Anna. Reminds Anna. me of Lady. <laughs> when the sky's awake. I'm awake. I'm awake. So we have to play. That's totally her. Yeah. I think the casting and the the way they drew the little little Anna and little Elsa character were just so so great. Oh yeah, they were adorable. And very, very much sisters. And I I mean I totally related to Elsa because I was I'm the oldest and my little sister was, you know, far more interested in being awake earlier than I was for sure. She probably did the same thing to me, come in and, you know, like, let's play. And it's like, no, go back to sleep. I'd rather sleep. So 
Little Anna reminded me of Agnes and yeah. Despicable Me. Yeah, she did, actually. It's amazing. Oh, that was really very cute. I mean, that yeah, was just adorable. Yeah. The whole the whole scene there with them playing, it just it was very it was very magical. I mean, the fact mm-hmm. that Elsa had the power to do this. And again, she created some really cool stuff when she wasn't afraid. Right. Anyway. The again and again, I think it'll it shows the empty house, the empty mansion, all these Palace. empty rooms. Just And even outside, once the story gets going, it's empty. Yeah. It's nothing happening. And it's a very so, small little kingdom. But the, the empty hall where they made their little playground with Elsa's ice magic, it, they made that their world. Even though they didn't go out anywhere, they yeah. stayed inside. Right. But well, because I don't think I think even then they recognize that that having Elsa create her magic outside, anybody could have seen that, and that would have been a bad yeah, thing. Right. So even then they knew we had to kind of keep it a secret. Plus, it's more fun. Are yeah. you kidding me? It's way more fun to create a snowstorm in the middle of a house. Yeah. And it, the keeping the magic. A secret reminds me a bit of Sleeping Beauty a little bit. Ooh, yeah. In that we no magic because we don't want Maleficent to know. Obviously, right. a different movie, right. but it's that same, yeah, same type of idea. Same feel. We see Olaf for the first time. Yeah. She creates Olaf. Yeah. And we also see bits of situations that we'll see later. So we talked about the Frozen Heart song and right. the things being foreshadows. This is another situation where we see foreshadows yes we see anna sliding down snowy hills we see anna falling into the snow we see anna jumping from one snowy hill to another and so anyway just if you look for that kind of thing you go let's i'm going to look for it later and you'll see yeah that it's it's setting you up in a way for to notice that right well and then we see elsa starting to panic a little when Anna is jumping a little too fast. And so she allows herself to be overcome with fear and she slips and falls. And that's when she accidentally hits Anna in the head with her, with her magic. Mm -hmm. When Anna rolls down the snow bank that's been created and lands there in a heap, they, the camera kind of pulls back. And if you look at it, the way that it's been created is a perfect replica of the mountains surrounding Arendelle yep. with the North Mountain right behind Elsa. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a miniaturized version of what we're going to you know, deal with here. It's that crescent-shaped um, bay, mm-hmm. <clears throat> the fjords of um, Arendelle. So yep. and so it's kind of a – I didn't notice it the first few times I watched it. So And there's – Little things that they love to include to show something is happening over time. For right. instance, the we see the hair color change a bit with Anna when she gets hit with that ice bolt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And as things progress later on, we see her hair change more and more and more as time goes on. And for a once upon a time connection with that, it reminds me of Charming's dream shade nightshade um cut oh mm-hmm. on his chest and you can see that it's growing and then we know there's a time thing where 
Hook says, once it reaches your heart, you're dead. Right. And so we see that it's changing and getting longer and growing toward that. So it's the same kind of thing with, uh, with the hair. We know there's something wrong because it's changing your hair color. So. Right, right. Right. Well, and that's at that point, you know, Elsa panics because she realizes she's hurt her sister. Mm-hmm. And so she knows she needs to do something about it. So she screams for mom and dad. Typical little girl thing. Uh, mom and dad come rushing in. And what have you done? I mean, it's immediately accusatory. What's going on? And then um, dad says, I know what to do. I know where we must go. He goes and grabs a book um, out of the library. And he pulls it down and he opens it up. And there's a picture of a king mm-hmm. um, laying down on a, like a slab. And, um, and then he pulls out a map. And that's kind of all we see. And it's all written in almost runic um, alphabet. Yes. Uh, very. Yep. Runes. Yeah. Just yep. anyway. So he rushes the family, the whole family out into the woods. And that's where we see Kristoff and Sven kind of see that the, there's a trail of frozen, you know, ice in the middle of the, or frost in the middle of the, of the, the meadow. And that piques their curiosity. So here's a wild boy, so to speak. He's kind of on his own and his pet reindeer. And so um, they go and kind of spy on what's happening. And then we see the king basically ask for help of the trolls. And I was wondering who that person was that was shown in the picture in the book. What connection (laughs) does that person have to the king now i wondered i I just wondered how does the king know what to do how does the king know because he specifically i know where to go just pulled a book down ready to go he he either was that his father Mm -hmm. because if 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 elsa was born with these powers where did she inherit them from did they skip a generation and maybe his mother had them or his father had them and now Elsa has them. Sometimes things skip a generation and maybe she's, she got the, you know, she got it. Or did he experience it himself firsthand because his brother had it? And we, the, we don't know, but it'd be interesting to find out. When Pabby asked the king about Elsa, mm-hmm. was she born or cursed with this power? Right. The king said she was born with this power. Yeah. But the queen knew, said nothing. Yeah. If the queen had that power too, she should have probably answered that question. Right. But the queen doesn't have it. Right. So and neither does the king. So then the question is, I, I'm sliding a little money out on the table that she was adopted. That's possible. And I think the once upon a time twist is going to be that it's the white uh, queen from Narnia, White Witch or whatever, mm-hmm. that possibly is tied in. But I mean, we're talking about the the movie Frozen here. But I'm just right. That's my okay idea for Once Upon a Time. But anyhow, the king knew a lot more obviously than the queen did about this situation. Answering yeah. questions, had a book, so well he was taking charge, which is what mm-hmm. a king should do. Right. So I mean, that's logical. So Babby. Grandpappy, yeah. Grandpappy pulled mm-hmm. a Rumpelstiltskin trick, or definitely a Once Upon a Time trick, in that 
he removed all the memories of Elsa's magic right. from Anna. Right. And only left the good, the fun memories. Right, the fun. And so that's very much like a Rumpelstiltskin potion or some type of a curse that you forget certain things, right. whatever. Right. So. Well, the way he, the gesture he made was very Rumpelstiltskin. Mm-hmm. He kind of brushed his hand across her forehead, so to speak, and that, you know, you could see the magic, the memories pulling out and being taken away and then the good memories being put back in. So, yeah. So let's let's dive into this thing. First of all, Grandpappy warned about fear. Fear right. will destroy you. Right. And yet, what her parents did, because they were fearful of her hurting other people and probably other people hurting her, mm-hmm. they... Kept her locked up in a room, which is a very Disney-esque thing. Mm-hmm. You just keep people locked up for yeah. years. It's you hide Disney. them away. No, no, well, no. Not but, Disney. It's, it's fairy tale. Right. It's very fairy tale. But I, but I think, well, true. If people didn't read all those original books, though, they've, it's they've been exposed to that in the Bottom line, Disney it's fairy tale. Film. It's right. fairy tale. So the, instead of learning to conquer it, they hid her away, locked her away in the kingdom, and that's it. So Okay, but let's go back to Grandpappy's visions that mm-hmm, he showed. Yeah. He explained. He said, look, Elsa, you're going to have to learn to control these emotions. Don't let fear take over, or it will. You're, you have, a, you have a, be- a gift that's beautiful and very powerful, yeah. but, and it will grow in power. But do not let fear take over, because if you do, it will turn into uh, dangerous and and he even warned them. He said, "Look, the head. Uh, it's a good thing that it was the head and not the heart. The heart, heart can't. It's very difficult to change, but the head can be persuaded. Yes. So he even he you know he let them know. He said, just beware, this could happen. But what I I think was is that the king and the queen, mostly the king, kind of took it a little too far, in my opinion." And he decided, okay, well, I don't want to risk anything, so we're just going to keep her locked away from anybody and everybody. But Pabby's vision, if you notice it, the way he depicted it, it was almost like a foreshadowing. Again, very Rumpelstiltskin in that he could see the shape that he showed in the sky looked just like a grown-up Elsa. Mm -hmm. The grown-up Elsa after she transforms herself. And the fact that the colors changed to kind of pinkish-red, that was very um, foreshadowing of what's coming, you know, and and then the vision of the two groups of people on either side of her coming after her, that was very much a, you know, uh, foreshadowing of what's to come. Yes. So, anyway, he locks up Elsa. Parents lock up Elsa and keep her away from everybody, including Anna. You know, and that that's a that's a mental thing that's got to I mean, there, the whole point was, he said, until you can learn to control it. Well, how how is she supposed to learn how to control it? Well, there were little bits during during the next song I'm going to play. OK, when we talked about. OK, all right. Talked about that. Elsa. Do you want to build a snowman? Come on, let's go and play. I never see you anymore. Come out the door. It's like you've gone away. We used to be best buddies. And now we're not. 
I wish you would tell me why. Do you wanna build a snowman? It doesn't have to be a snowman. Okay, bye. It was the cutest thing when she made her mouth like a little funnel and talked into the keyhole. <laughs> yes. Sing that part. But, you know, again, that's the... Th- there's two sides to this fear locking up thing. Is they wanted to keep Anna safe right. from Elsa. Right. But in the end, it hurt Anna more. Right. Because, I mean, even as time goes on in the discussions... It's like I don't. Even after Grandpappy did what he did, she didn't. She still didn't know. Right. It's like I don't know. She just went away. You, yeah. You, we used to. We, be, we used to be best buddies, and now we're not. Yeah, because remember all the fun things that she yeah. remembered. She but remembered then, the fun. Right. She didn't remember what caused the fun or what caused them to not be buddies anymore. So you know the. It was very, very, very heart wrenching and made me tear up. By the way. Sure. Just that little section right there. <coughs> yeah. But anyway, there, there's sometimes people want to protect people and things, but there's a there's a pain and hurt on the other side, too, from people not getting to. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that that's what kind of struck me, struck me this time. But as time went on. The king taught her about the gloves. Wear the gloves. Right. Very important that you do. Otherwise, you know, you know conceal, conceal. Don't feel. Don't just, let them know. Just keep this to yourself. And then toward the end, we have Anna telling her parents goodbye because they're going to go on a trip. Yeah. On a boat. Yeah. And the... The segment when they were on the sea was probably the most beautiful computer-generated animation I probably have ever seen. It was amazing. I mean, especially in like haunted house movies or something. There's yeah. always a, a ship in a storm. There's always some type of a painting like that. But this was just incredible. Yeah. And you saw the ship go over one of the high waves, and then it was gone. Yeah. And you see them pull the shade down in front of the painting in the uh, draping the paintings in the mirrors yeah yeah in black back mm-hmm. in the castle yeah. yeah and so now she finishes the song and says it's just us now we're all alone right so and you're still in there right you know so it's kind of uh Kind of a sad situation. It's very sad. And then the very last thing she asks is, you know, the same question she did to get her to come up out of bed early anyway. Do you want to build a snowman? And she couldn't even finish it. That was a very gut-wrenching scene for me to watch. It still is. Here, Here's what I <coughs> felt. Is that I almost felt like there was a pause for Elsa to say, yes. And she didn't say anything. No, she could put her head down and cried. Well, you can see she was very, very, very upset by it. And now, mind you, at this point in time, Elsa is about 18 and Anna is only 15. So this is a really tough time in their life for them. I mean, they're teenage girls. They don't have their parents around to kind of guide and direct them. I mean, we didn't see 
during this piece, we saw, you know, how Anna passed her time as she grew up. She, you know, made up stories and talked to the paintings on the walls. You know, she didn't have him. I mean, they, they reduced the staff, so they didn't have a huge staff like they originally had. They didn't yep. have people for her to play with. You know, she didn't get to go out and meet the townspeople. She really was sequestered, you know, her whole life in her, in her palace. And so for what's happening right now is, you know, these girls are teenagers and they have each other. That's it. And it's tough because Elsa, you know, first of all, she doesn't have her parents to protect her from, you know, questions and what's going on to deflect, you know, um, cause I'm sure she probably deferred to them or deflected everything to them or they just kind of deflected on her behalf. So she doesn't have that anymore. She has no more, she has no more barriers. She right. feels even more alone than ever before because all she had were her parents and now she's got to deal with them being gone, but also now she, I'm sure she misses her sister. What's interesting too is that all the trade kind of agreements were basically on autopilot. It's very interesting yeah. because we'll talk about the coronation in a bit, but it's just even after the death of their parents, it just everything still continued. The the servants still work there. Sure. And, you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Yeah. So that's just. But then when Elsa became of age. Right. So three years later, she's 21. Three years later, 21. And can be now crowned right, queen. Right. She can now be crowned queen. Mm-hmm. And Elsa, uh, Anna is now 18. So she is also of age, so yes. to speak. To be a princess. <clears throat> well, she's always been a princess. They've yeah, always been true, princesses. True, right. But, but to be officially, well, She's anyway, an adult. Right. The coronation was just for Elsa. It was for Elsa. And so another one of these really great, fun songs, it actually had two levels to it. There is Anna singing the fun anticipation of great things mm-hmm. when, the, when the gates are open. Yeah. But then there's this other anxious scared unsure level when elsa is singing her part yeah and so it's just really and it's probably been done many 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 times in plays and different things there's two people singing from two completely different points of view the same song and so you hear uh, you hear both both sides sides of of it yeah Yeah. so uh before we get to that though i thought it was really fun that they, you know, talked to all these people are arriving for Coronation Day. It's a, you know, big event. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the uh, christening of Snow, or Sleeping Beauty. Hmm. From Sleeping Beauty. Yeah, Having all right, the, uh, everybody right. from all the realms nearby coming to Coronation. Yeah. And not everybody got to go inside. You know, I think that was pretty much reserved for royalty and noble people. But the townspeople were thrilled to be inside the gates and allowed in the main courtyard area and seeing, you know, what was going on there and being able, being able to participate in, uh, you know, in the festivities. And, uh, you know, they're talking about how, oh, we, ha- we can't wait to see these princesses. They're probably gorgeous. And then, and then you, the camera, you know, lands on... Just woke up, Anna. Well, hair a mess, drooling, all kinds of stuff. Yes, hilarious. And I love that they are setting the stage for Anna's personality. Mm-hmm. I mean, they kind of already did that when she was a little girl, but we're just carrying it over now. She's a teenager, and so just uh, perfect casting, by the way. I mean, I did a Menzel, amazing, and then Kristen Bell really was 
spectacular. I had no idea she could sing. And she was just adorable. So, Well, and, and I think her personality reflects all those years of, you know, I, I think teenagers are awkward anyway. They just right. don't know. Right. They say the wrong thing. They do the right thing. They do the wrong thing. And it's just, they're learning, right? Yeah, yeah. And so as this section progresses, you mm-hmm. see she's not comfortable really talking to a guy or well, being we're in. Skipping ahead, I thought. Anyway, I thought you were going to talk about the song more. Well, let's, because, let's play a bit. Okay, let's play a bit of the song. The window is open, so's that door. I didn't know they did that anymore. Who knew we owned a thousand salad plates? For years I've roamed these empty halls. Why have a ballroom with no balls? Finally, they're opening up the gates. There'll be actual real life people. It'll be totally strange. But wow, am I so ready for this change? Cause for the first time, or gassy, but I'm somewhere in that zone, cause for the first time in forever, I won't be alone, I can't wait to meet everyone, what if I meet? I want to, I want to fade it out now so we don't get hauled away, anyhow, so, but as we, as we talked about, there's the two tones and both sisters are singing the song. Sure, sure. But I wanted to talk specifically about some of the foreshadowing that's in okay. this song. Sure. There's a section that if you had let it play a little more, we would... I, did. I, I know. I but if we had played a little more of it, we would have heard the her talking about meeting the one. Right. Imagine me standing uh, draped against the wall. Um, I see him across the room, tall and fair. Mm-hmm. And what's funny about that is she meets Hans, who is not fair, either in his looks, coloring, or his attitude. He is the opposite. He's dark and swarthy and jerky. Right. (laughs) But who is tall and handsome and fair? Kristoff. Mm -hmm. And she says, we talk all night. It's totally bizarre. To- nothing like the life I've led so far. And she does. She spends an evening with Kristoff. I mean, yeah, she talks with Hans during the ball. You know, they spend a good portion of the evening talking. But she spends all night with Kristoff trying to find her sister. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that it's very different from anything she's known. She's having to dress in, you know, commoner's dress. She's having to, you know, kind of do things that she would not normally have to do. Um, one of the things I do love about the song and how they play it out with her is that she is basically a tomboy at heart right. and she's, you know, swinging on the, the, um, scaffolding, the window washer scaffolding outside to kind of pull herself up and watch the, you know, tall ships as they come in and she's, you know, sliding down the banister, she, but she's ironically dressed in her absolutely gorgeous ball gown. Which I think is hilarious. I mean, it's just such a contra- uh, contrast. 
Um, and again, it's the two personalities, the two sides of her. Um, and then we get to Elsa's part of the song and Elsa's very quiet and austere and very scared. And it's, it's a little, it's a little dark actually, because it, you can see the nerves and she's just, she's, she's panicking. She's trying not to, but you can tell she's just starting to panic a little bit. So it's very, very different, you know, um, very different perspectives of the same basic song. But this is a, it's just a couple of things. For those folks that are older, when Anna was playing around with the drapes as a uh-huh. dress, it reminded yeah. me of a Carol Burnett uh-huh. yeah. bit about Gone with the Wind. Yes. When she came down the stairs and wearing this dress that looked just like drapes. Well, it, were, it was the drapes. Right. But what was funny about that is because in the actual movie Gone with the Wind, Scarlett O'Hara didn't have money for clothing, so she took down the drapes and had a dress made from the drapes. Mm. It's a beautiful green velvet dress, but it's the drapes. It's actually the right. the actual drapes. When Carol Burnett did the spoof mm. of it, she came down with the drapes on her person, but they were just wrapped around her normal dress that she had on, and she still had the curtain rod in yes. her across her shoulders, which was hilarious well and the joke was i saw it in the window and i I had had to have have it it. right so but anyhow the also what i wanted to mention was that the opening of the gates was a little to me like Willy wonka yeah just something it didn't happen and then all of a sudden this mysterious (laughs) kingdom that had been closed off forever right finally we're going to open up the gates and yeah. we're going to get to see it. Yeah. So, yeah, there are a lot of little things in this, uh, in this song, it was really cute when she's talking to the, the ducks and the ducklings jump in her hand and she's, you know, she's like, she doesn't know what she feels. She's, she's so mixed up with her feelings. Again, that dual nature of her warring inside of her, you know, she's, she's not sure if she's elated or just gassy, but she's kind of somewhere in that zone. Oh, that yeah. made me laugh. The, now, I'm going to step probably on the thin ice, but I'm just going to kind of share what I think. This is a little girl-centric section. You have got a coronation day for a queen. You've oh, yeah. got a princess stepping out for the first time. You've got all these surrounding people, dignitaries, coming to see you. And opening up the gates to mm-hmm. see you. I mean, this is it's all about the whole princess thing, queen moment. And yeah. I don't think they could have dotted another I or crossed another T. This is it. Yeah. And so anyway, I was just thinking there's... <laughs> and they had another princess singing out an open window for me. Yeah. yeah so they did. That's what you do when yeah, you're princess. a princess. You just sing out a window. Yeah, so, of course. Of course. But... The, actually, they had two. Yes. Technically, two of them. Yep. The Elsa's coronation outfit, to me, was very, very British. Very British looking. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no. Very Norwegian and very um, not summer-like apparel at all. Right. Yep. It was very wintry. It was. Uh, it looked woolen or velvety to me, mm-hmm. and the fact that she was wearing black, the top half of her dress, you know, from her... From her um, her neckline 
up to, you know, up to her, the top of her neck and her sleeves were black velvet, looked like black velvet to me. And then the dress itself was the bodice and everything was greenish. And, um, to me, that's a, again, uh, she's going to go complete 180 degree opposite when she transforms, which we'll talk about in a short bit here. The two things to look for is the Arendelle banner show the two sisters. Arendelle. Arendelle. Yes. And also the throne was made up of two sides of different materials, which... Uh, two different colors. It was their yeah. probably their family coat of arms or whatever. Um, <clears throat> something we didn't talk about, um, we haven't talked about yet, is the use of the Norwegian rose mailing, which right. is the flowery yeah. floral pre- um, pattern that we see everywhere. It's in the carvings, it's on the paintings, it's on the floor, it's on the dresses. Everywhere you look, it's rose mailing. And that's um, a very Norwegian art um, method. Absolutely. Scandinavian, actually. So, to me, it felt very Scandinavian. Going back a bit to Anna talking to the paintings. Yeah. In the earlier song, Do You Want to Build a Snowman? Now... She is actually posing in front of the paintings, becoming, because she hasn't been around people, these are the only people she's ever known. Right. And so she's posing where the guy's kissing the girl's hand and she's Mm -hmm. putting her hand out like, one day a guy's going to kiss my hand. Yeah. And it was really kind of of like what you were saying. This poor girl's had a stunted life. She's never been out. Right. And, And these are the only friends she's got, you know, the... Pulling the arm off the armor and sticking it back in there. <laughs> yeah. These are the only friends yeah. she's ever known, yeah. you know, and that's why you can ride your bike around the hall, right? You know, and all right. that. So, well, and yeah. then if you look at the paintings too, they're very romantic in nature. So this is her. This is her idea of love and how it's supposed to work. Who's who's there to teach her this? Right. I'm I'm gonna skip ahead to the actual coronation. By all means, ceremony. Let's talk about that. The only time. That Anna and Elsa had a face-to-face this conversation was in front of all these people, mm-hmm. and I thought that was kind of a little nerve-wracking. But it was kind of, you know, they finally had a chance to look each other kind they, of and talk. Yeah, they did. So, they did. Yeah. Um, but actually, the coronation itself, because remember, Elsa is. She was going to keep her gloves on. Yes. And then the, the priest was like, no, 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 you got to take your, your gloves off. And that, that unnerved her. Yes. Um, she, she did. She managed to very quickly, once he was done talking, you know, set everything back down before it, you know, it got the best of her and she could put her gloves back on. And then we go to the ball and that's when, that's when the two of them right. had the conversation. True. And it was interesting to me. Um, I noticed this, uh, she was very formal with mm-hmm. Elsa. Yes. At first, because she was very, you know, um, timid. Wasn't sure how Elsa was going to deal with her or handle her or be with her. And so she she was kind of like, hi, uh, me. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, oh, me? Uh, oh, oh, okay. And so, um, oh, I don't think I should. Oh, okay. I guess I should stand right here then. You know, she was very nervous being with her sister. And yet it was her sister who was her best buddy. I mean, they were best friends growing yeah. up until she, you know, was injured. But I, I don't know what it's like to have the 
a, a death of a parent. No, I don't either. But it was almost like Elsa had to kind of step in and be the mom figure. She had to grow up real Especially fast. as things played out during the ball after the coronation ceremony. Right. But right. she was very motherly. Yeah. You know, so. Well, she was very I, austere yeah, and yeah. very, you know, uh, aloof and cold, actually. There was very little. And then she started to warm up a bit. And she got she let her guard down they both you know what's an amazing smell um chocolate i mean they both had this mm-hmm. thing and they, it reminded them of probably being little girls and eating chocolate and oh you know that's a that's something that you know girls bond over and and anna felt more relaxed and she goes gosh this is so great i wish it could be like this always and elsa still guard down goes me too and then she kind of went oh no but it can't, but it can't yeah. And, you know, it was just, it was really unfortunate. And then we get the Duke of Weaseltown. Weselton. Weselton. It's the Duke of Weselton. He was a, he was a character for sure. And quite amusing. And I loved his dancing was, wow. Wow. The peacock and the flamingo peacock and whatever. Peacock monkey. Hey. Yeah. Oh, he was yeah. crazy. He was completely crazy. But yeah, uh, no, it was a chicken with the face of the monkey. Anyway, he was Man. he was a crazy, crazy yeah. little dude. And I love the fact that, you know, Elsa, kind of that sisterly um, playfulness, because um, I do have a sister and we used to mess with each other quite a bit. She pawned, you know, Anna off onto him. So instead of having to dance with him herself. Um, because she would have had to remove her gloves to dance and she didn't want to do that because he would have felt her ice cold hands and that would have been a big sign. Well, the sound of his toupee coming off of his head creeped me out. I didn't want to hear it once or three or four times. I didn't want to hear it anytime. It was pretty funny. So oh, it was pretty funny. It was very funny that they were laughing about that whole thing too. So, but yeah, when uh, when Anna comes back and she's like, "Wow!" and then, <laughs> I love it. He was sprightly, yeah. Considering you know, especially for somebody in heels, which is even funnier because he was short even right. with the heels. So it was kind of very Napoleonic little complex. He was very funny. So Hans met El- uh, Anna briefly. Before. Well, yeah, we totally glossed over the whole Hans and Anna meeting, right. which, which let's kind of go back to that a little okay. bit to kind of talk about, you know, get to this point. Here, you know, Anna, clumsy, awkward teenage Anna, is just kind of totally not paying attention to anything and just blam right into the horse and falls into the boat. And she's upset. And then tell, she looks up and sees Hans, mm-hmm. who's very, very cute. And then she kind of like softens a bit and starts flirting and um that's when they have their little you know their their meeting and she discovers who he is and vice versa and she's very self-deprecating you know she's well you know it's just me if you'd met my sister oh that would have been a whole another ball game but you know it's just me and he's like just you and she goes yeah just me and she's you know that awkward teenage phase of you know so uh, he says something about this she goes well this is awkward and he goes wait no you're not awkward no you're gorgeous wait what she says wait right, what right. a few times through mm-hmm. the whole movie which I thought was really cute too it's, very, it's kind of like her little catchphrase wait what right um, but anyway so then now here she's she's fallen again she trips over her um, over her dress as she's walking away from Elsa after Elsa tells her 
it's it can't be like this anymore. Right. And so she's tripping through the crowds and she starts to fall and he catches her again and saves her again. And so she's like, oh, Hans, you know, and that's when they kind of have their whole conversation and they have their song. Here, this song? Yeah. Okay, can I just say something crazy? I love crazy. All my life has been a series of doors in my face. And then suddenly I bump into you. I was thinking the same thing, because like... I've been searching my whole life to find my own place. And maybe it's the party talking or the chocolate fondue. <laughs> but with you, but with you, I found my place. I see your face, and, and it's, it's nothing, nothing like, like I've ever known before. Love is an open door. Love is an open door. Such a nice little song. It's adorable. It's a very Broadway, you know, boy and girl, boy meets girl kind of song. Now, there's also clues in this song mm-hmm. of his intentions. I've been searching my whole life for my own place, mm-hmm. which is funny because he's 13th in line for a throne. So he's never going to have his own place. Yep. So if we paid attention, we would have realized he was actually the bad guy from that point because he's basically telling her and he gestured to Arendelle. I've been searching my whole life to find my own place, and he's gesturing to all of Arendelle. I'm thinking, uh, and it didn't dawn on me at the time, you know. But now you look back at it and you go, yeah, he was pretty much telling her, I am intending to have all this. Those writers did such a great job. I mean, seriously. <clears throat> they really did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, brilliance. Yeah. Unbelievable brilliance with the story. Because I think you, as when you watch this, you want her to fall in love because a lot of probably people are – at this point, realizing she's been locked away for all this yeah. time, she should have love. Well, Why not? It's a fairy you, tale. You know, nice right. guy. Okay. <clears throat> you it's know. a fairy tale. And what happens in fairy tales? The princess falls in love with the handsome prince and they get married and live happily ever after, right? But this is a very different. This is almost, if you will, a once upon a timey fairy tale. Yeah. In that yeah. It, it, you think you've, you're. Fa- it's almost like a mystery. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You follow one direction and it fools you. Yeah. And, you, whoa, wait, I didn't expect that. Oh, you know, it's one of those, yeah, like the Clue movie. Sure. You know, so. No, so th- there's lots of clues in this whole mm-hmm. thing, you know. I mean, it, it's fun. It's a fun little song. It's a very cute, cutesy, romantic little fun song. My favorite part of this song was the old <clears throat> Bugs Bunny Opening the door, I don't know if you remember. It's Yosemite yeah. Sam and dun, 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 dun. and there's the two floors. Yeah, and there's these doors, and so you know he goes up Yosemite Sam and opens the door, and there's Bugs. Bugs isn't there, and then he opens the door on the bottom, and he goes down and he opens it, and he's up at the top. So it's just constantly, yeah, constantly flipped. switching. So yeah, it's that whole idea. Yeah, uh, Scooby Doo so. also did this a lot too. Scooby Doo. Yeah. It came out it's almost like this rule because at the end of the song he says 
I need to ask you something crazy. You, well, because she starts. Right. Okay, can I say something crazy? Right, right. I love crazy. And that's when she starts singing. At the end, which, by the way, talking about the animation, I mean, unbelievable animation. There's the point where they're on the kind of that rock behind the waterfall, mm-hmm. and they're dancing, and then they form the, you know, their hands around the moon in a heart shape. That whole scene was so realistic. I swear. I mean, I don't know who they use for live action models, but whoever it was, the guy can dance. And he did a great job, and they did an amazing job of animating it. And um, so at the end, then he turns the tables on her and says, can I say something crazy? And then he says, will you marry me? And she's like, can I say something even crazier? Yes. So it's really, I mean, it's just, it's a very typical teenager falling in love at, you know, the minute they meet, let's get married. I think, too, that during that segment, there was some nods to other Disney films. When mm-hmm. the light from the lighthouse showed the shadows so, uh, yeah. against the sail of the uh-huh. boat. To very me, that was Peter kind of Pan. a Peter Pan. Oh, very much so. Yeah. And also when they were walking on the bridge <clears throat> and the reflection of the water underneath was very... Cinderella. Cinderella. And Sleeping Beauty, actually. Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. And also maybe a little bit of a uh, little mermaid. Oh, possibly, sort of. yeah. But anyway, it was, I, I think there was these little yeah. kind of nods here and there. Yeah. So... Then there was a statement, and I think it was Hans said it. Well, you can marry somebody you've just met if it's true love. Somebody said it. <laughs> I think it was. I think it yeah, was Anna said it in Anna. the end. Yeah. No. Um, so they go inside, and they're right. you know giddy little teenagers. Now he's he is. Uh, I'm assuming he's a little bit older. He's probably closer to Anna's or Elsa's age, maybe even a little older than that. Um, but he, they go in there and they're like all shy and, and, and typical giddy teenager. We're in love. We're getting married and we've come to ask for your blessing. And she's like, uh, what? No, you cannot just marry someone. You cannot marry someone you just met. And I loved, I absolutely love to me. This is like the brilliance of this movie right in this simple statement. When, when she says, can I talk to you alone? And Anna says, you can say anything in front of him too. And she goes, fine. You can't marry someone you just met. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I've been. I mean, look. I love the Disney classics. I love the classic fairy tales. Yeah, but let's yeah. face facts. You cannot marry someone you just met. I you just can't. I miss that till you just mentioned it right now. But yeah, it's that was such a you know. Finally, finally, somebody says what we've all been thinking. You you, you can't just marry someone you just met. Well, and I think that's what's nice about this movie is that there. There are classic fairy tale elements. Absolutely. But, but this is a re- it's, it's a modern 2014 yeah. Yeah. and there are some realistic things along the way. Right. And so yeah, I totally miss that. But yeah, yeah, cool. So that was one of my favorite things about this movie is, you know, and I don't say that to say girl power necessarily, but I do say it to say for the logic's sake of seriously, getting married is not something you t- go yeah, into true, lightly. True. And it's amazing how fairy tales have made it so, oh, let's just, we fell in love at first sight. We knew it. Let's just do it. Yeah. We don't know what happened to those people afterwards. That's why I love Once Upon a Time yep. because it shows what happens after they get married. Mm-hmm. You know, and how do they build their relationship and, and what have yeah. you. So it's kind of it's kind of nice. That's what I it's one of the things I love most about the, the show. 
is that it, it does show, hey, not everything is perfect like we are led to believe in these fairy tales. What? I, I know. <laughs> I know. Happily so. ever after, though. So anyway, so Anna, Anna pushes because yes. she's a typical teenage girl. And she's like, but I want to marry him. We're in love and I want to marry him. Mm-hmm. And so Elsa says, you know what? You asked for my blessing. I, it's my answer's no. I'm sorry, but my answer's no. And by the way, you need to leave. And guess what? Uh, party's over. Yeah. Because she felt herself panicking, and she knew that if she couldn't control it, she was going to let go. And she, I think, she felt at that point in time, she had enough control to say, "Okay, everybody leave," and then she could calm down. But Anna kept pushing; just would not let it. Would not let it go. Right. <laughs> And so watch your step. Yeah. Watch your step. Let it go. And she didn't. Mm -hmm. And as a result, she grabs her, pulls off the glove. And then that's when Elsa breaks loose and panics and lets it go. And Elsa let it go. Yeah. And that's when she, she creates that, you know, spiky ice wall, wall, Mm -hmm. which is very similar to back at the beginning of the movie, the frozen heart out of control, hard to control, Right there it is. So when she's not in control, everything's very sharp and spiky and very pointy and very dangerous. So once she did that, then I think we see elements from Frankenstein movies or Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah. Where people don't understand what's going on. And because they don't understand, then they start throwing... Sorcery. Right. The, the monster. She's a monster. Never called her a witch. Right. But, is- but you know, you you have sorcery. <laughs> and then uh, it's just this fear and misunderstanding yeah, of what she has. And we'll, we'll talk later toward the end of the movie about kind of revisiting this. But it reminded me of... Yeah, a lot of different things. And she finally just said, just stay away from me. Just stay away from me. Since you've come into my kingdom, I'm telling you to leave. My sister pushed my buttons. Then I'm going to leave. Just stay away from me. She panicked. She panicked because originally, and you're right, good good point that I totally uh, forgot to say. You know, when Anna's pushing and pushing and pushing, she's like, I can't live like this anymore. What did I ever do to you? I can't Mm, live like this anymore. And then... The gut-wrenching response from Elsa, then leave. Right. Wow. Wow. She's just so terrified of everything and everyone that she just, okay, leave then. And instead, she ends up being the one who leaves because she can't handle being uh, around the people. And it was very interesting. When she comes out the the front door to the courtyard and there's all the, you know, the, the common folks I hate to use that word, but, you know, the non-gentry people right. out there, they're all there to celebrate and they're excited to see her. It was very much. There she is. Yeah, it was very, it was very much um, like a scene from Princess Diaries 2 when, um, when Princess Mia is about to get married and she comes rushing out because she can't, she can't face the getting I, married part. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I know you don't, but there I are some I barely saw the first probably. one. I didn't oh, see no. the second good one. Good movies. Really good okay. movies. I enjoyed them. But anyway, so um, she comes out there, and that's when they're trying to they're, – they're, they're, they're not there to hurt her. Right. They're excited for her. They're there to celebrate her. They're, you know, they're 
unsure of her, but at the same time, they're really, really excited and it scares her. And then she starts losing control and that in turn scares them. And that's when she realizes she's got to get out of there. And, you know, there's, you know, Wesselton and his goons are going to, you know, hurt her. They threaten to hurt her. Yeah. And Anna, Anna, teenage, giddy, you know, clumsy, tomboyish Anna, all of a sudden, um, you know, she's running after Elsa. Come on, wait, wait, wait. And then she comes back. And then all of a sudden, we see a change from this girlish, tomboyish, teenage girl to now, all of a sudden, she's very grown up. Please bring me my horse. I was the one who did this, so I need to go after her. Well, I'm coming with you. No, 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 no. I need you here to take care of our Arendelle. Which suited him just fine because, again, that was his right. whole plan in the first place. The There was a line that was said that was very once upon a time-ish. The queen has cursed this land. Yeah, yeah. Very. Yeah. Very much a time. Yeah, yeah. And as Elsa is going up the hill, mm-hmm. we hear the song. discovery of herself right. but what it also is is it's very um the way she sings it is also very similar to how she is very there's you know let it go the first course of let it go it's not powerful mm-hmm. she kind of holds back a little bit and she's very tentative and she's you know making these little sorely and you'll notice that when she's in control when she's purposeful in what she's doing and she's not scared her 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 powers are very beautiful, very right. swirly and mm-hmm. soft and 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 strong, but but not um, menacing. When she's in, out of control, that's when it's very sharp and jagged, and you can tell you know what her moods are um, based on what she creates. So um, it, it builds, and I love the fact that she's like, you know what. She she walks backwards up the hill at one point. She looks down, but she can't see Arendelle because she's so high above the clouds now. She can't even see Arendelle anymore. So that's why she doesn't know that it's been covered in snow. We're we're over an hour now. Are we really? Yeah. Wow. So that's okay. let's kind of. 
pick some things and then. No, no, let's just keep going. Definitely. Let's keep going. All right. I guess. We've got, just keep going. Okay. So what's interesting is this narrative has been going from the beginning of the movie about Elsa, about Elsa. And now we switch gears to Anna going after her. And now we kind of slow that down where she falls into the snow and then falls in the water and then visits the Oaken wandering... Wandering Oaken's trading post. Wandering Oaken's trading post. And sauna. (laughs) And so now now we we kind of shift around. Now we're going to actually have a part of the story about Anna now. Yeah, this is this is about Anna's journey right, right, right now. So she's in there and, and we have the you know little fun. I was telling Colleen, I'll tell all of you now, is that if they didn't have the fun songs and probably this moment right here is such a sad movie. It, it's a very it's very but, dark. But the little, you know, Wesselton and the dancing and the fun song and and all this and and of course, Oaken. So do your Oaken voice. <laughs> so <laughs> he's very funny. He's so, a very funny, dude. He's a massive bl- mountain of a man. Summer blowout sale. Summer blowout. So anyhow, so she goes in and starts asking around: Has any other women come? Uh, any other young women kind of come through? <laughs> and then in comes Kristoff, icy mountain man of the north, and. uh yeah, that whole scene was very funny. He was very powerful and very kind of like gruff. And that's not him, you know. You know, he's he's a softy. We know he's a softy, but we don't. Well, not at, the, at this point. We kind of think he might still be, but he's grown up, and you kind of think, okay, well, maybe he's got the sharp edges too, and and he's very frozen and icy. And then um, the whole exchange and the in the thing. I mean, he was real tough. Yeah, pardon me while I deal with this crook. You know, and then Oaken stands up and just towers over him. And Kristoff's yeah. a big guy, but you know Oaken is massive. I couldn't hear what Kristoff said at first when he said carrots. I didn't. Oh like, yeah. What? Yeah. Behind you. Yeah. Oh. She's like standing in the way. Yeah. I mean, she, you can tell she's kind of like she's curious about him. She's not afraid of him, but at the same time, it's, he's a little intimidating because she really can't see much of anything because he's covered in snow. And ice, so. I haven't mentioned his Sven voice yet. Oh, no. But it but is kind funny. of weird. That's kind, kind of, of weird. It's funny. Yeah. No, but. so um, so he gets thrown out. She's mm-hmm. he, So then I love how Oaken's going to throw in some gefilte fish. That was very funny. And a visit to the free and a visit, visit to the sauna. sauna. Yeah, the sauna. And then... Um, she ends up purchasing all those items, and then she finds him in the barn singing this song. Reindeers are better than people. Sven, don't you think that's true? Yeah, people will beat you and curse you and cheat you. Every one of them's bad, except you. Oh, thanks, buddy. But people smell better than reindeers, Sven. Don't you think I'm right? That's once again true for all except you. You got me. Let's call it a night. Good night. Well, what what's interesting is just yeah. You didn't finish the song, man. No, 
Wow. No. I would finish it, but I don't. I don't think I'll sound very good right now. No, don't. Don't, don't, don't let do the that. frostbite bite. Yes. <laughs> so. So now, Anna has an opportunity to stand up for herself, and so she purchases all the items, right. and then. Christoph says, yeah, we'll leave in the morning, still being in control. And she yeah. goes, no, we will leave now. now. Right now. Right now. And, because- and then she, yeah, and she walks out and then she kind of like, okay, I can't believe I just did that. Because it's not her personality. Right. And just, again, it's this whole stepping idea of, of stepping yeah. out of her comfort zone. Yeah. And, you know, she had money. Being in command. Right. So that was kind of nice. And then we have this. You know. Well, okay, so let's talk about the reindeer voice. Okay. Sven is his only buddy. Right. Sven doesn't talk. Right. But he kind of knows how Sven feels and gives Sven a voice. So he knows what Sven would say, and that's why he uses the funny voice. Okay. Now, the trolls in their song later talk about his his peculiar brain and his thing with the reindeer. It's a little outside of nature's laws. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty funny because they think he's a little nutty too. But it's cute because he if you look at Sven, Sven's expressions do match what he's saying. So it's they've mm-hmm. known each other. I mean, they've grown right. up together. They're they're best friends. They're brothers. So So they trek out. It's to, very funny and adorable. Yeah. They they trek out on the sleigh and with Sven and they're going up to Elsa's castle. Ice Castle. Yeah. And we have, again, something just out of Beauty and the Beast. We have a wolf attack. Oh, yeah. As they're going. And then... But let's talk about the, let's talk about the conversation. Because okay. the conversation is kind of an important thing. So they're try, it's a getting-to-know-you kind of conversation. And it's not really like a date, but it kind of almost is. So what are you doing up here? Oh, you know, I push my sister away and... Well, what happened? Well, you know, I sort of kind of got engaged to a guy I just met that day. And so she was kind of upset about it and she wouldn't give us her blessing. And then all of a sudden she took the gloves off him. And if she had said something, he's like, wait, 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 wait. You got engaged to a guy you just met that day? She's like, yeah. So anyway, he goes, no, wait, you were going to marry a guy you just met that even he recognized the ridiculousness of marrying somebody you just met. Mm Mm-hmm. So she's like, yeah. And he goes, didn't your parents ever teach you not to talk to strangers? Yes, they did. And she gets away a uh, little Realizing further. that he's a stranger, too. Exactly. So, yeah. Exactly. But And that was the whole thing is that he kind of wanted to point out to her. And so then they have the conversation about he's like, how do you even know? Um, well, it's love. How do you know? She starts talking. He goes, what's his last name? Of the Southern Isles. Right. What's his favorite food? Sandwiches. What's his eye color? Dreamy. Mm-hmm. There's a nice little Once Upon a Time reference for you. True. Two. That's another one. What's his shoe size? Shoe size doesn't matter. I yeah. think that's hilarious. Right. That's a slightly more adult joke for the adults. But Disney films are family friendly. No. <laughs> Well, actually, they are family friendly. If your definition of family doesn't mean kid friendly, yeah, plug the kids' ears because <coughs> what does that mean? They won't know for a while, right? But anyway, yes, and 
So so they have the conversation, and as they're talking, she's trying to convince him that, you know, oh, no, it's going to be fine, and he's like, shut up. And then she's like, wait, no, and he goes, no, be quiet. And that's when he realizes that they're not alone in the woods. And even Sven stops and realizes something's not right. And then all of a sudden he peers in the darkness and there are all, all those sets of eyes. Sven, run. Yeah. And he, he go, he moves and, uh, we have this, you know, very Beauty and the Beast wolf chase. Yes. And wolf attack. And to the only way to save Anna is to cut Sven loose. Right. From the sleigh. Right. And he has to let the sleigh go. His brand new sleigh that he just paid off. Just paid off. (laughs) And so the jump, remember we were talking about the little foreshadowing when she jumped across the peaks in the little room when they were kids. She jumps again and makes it. And so then Kristoff almost makes it and starts to fall. And Anna saves Kristoff. Yeah. So again, this is a huge twist of the normal fairy tale story. Sure. Normally, it's Prince Charming or the prince or some guy saving well, the Hans, damsel. Right. Hans saved her twice. Yes. And now she's turned around and she's saving Kristoff. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep. And actually twice because she got him the goods that he needed. Mm-hmm. Because originally it was supposed to be only 10, but because it was Big Summer Blowout and that was part of the winter collection, right. he jacked up the prices, which is, again, a funny little, another bit of adult humor. Um, <clears throat> poking fun at, you know, the retail industry, jacking up prices during off-season. Right. Anyway. So so then we meet Olaf. I want to play a bit of Olaf's song here, just a little okay. bit. Okay. Really? I'm guessing you don't have much experience with heat. Nope. But sometimes I like to close my eyes and imagine what it'd be like when summer does come. Ah, bees the buzz, kids will blow dandelion fuzz, and I'll be doing whatever snow does in summer. I drink in my hand, my snow up against the burning sand, probably getting gorgeously tanned in summer. I'll finally see a summer breeze blow away a winter storm And find out what happens to solid water when it gets warm Yes, indeed. Uh, I love that song. Yes. I heard that song for the first time last winter during the World of Color Winter Dreams mm-hmm. special. And it was very cute. And I was like, wow, the cleverness of the songwriters. I mean, that's amazing. And I didn't know at the time that that was actually Josh Gad singing that. Because, you know, a lot of times they have, and again, in the past, Disney's done this a lot, where they'll have a character actor doing the voice, the speaking voice, but a different one doing the singing voice. Aladdin. There's another one I'm, I'm blanking on. But anyway, bottom line is this one, it was actually Josh Gad doing the singing and he does the voice of Olaf. And Josh Gad, I had never, I didn't know who he was before um, other than uh, the movie Love and Other Drugs with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. But I found out that Josh Gad actually was on Broadway in Book of Mormon, the original cast of Book of Mormon. <clears throat> So he is a singer. So I was really impressed with how well he did. So then they arrive at 
Elsa's castle. Can we can we stop for one little half a second here, real quick? Sure. When we get to the point where we be- right before we meet Olaf, the the view of this, mm. you know, yeah. the the spectacular view of what has happened because of the winter. I mean, the drops of water freezing in perfect synchronization on the on the branches of the trees, mm-hmm. making it almost like a, a curtain, you know, beaded curtain. And just the spectacular beauty of it. And they're talking about, wow, I didn't realize that this could be so beautiful. I mean, it's the same thing. Again, Elsa's power, when she wasn't panicked, created this absolute gorgeous world of beauty, frozen so, beauty. I I wanted to go there. I wanted to visit that place. I know it doesn't exist in real life, but I wanted to visit it. Yes. So anyway, but yeah, so now we're on the track. We're continuing up with, with Olaf, which I thought was really cute too. Um, it's really sad at the same time is, you know, he goes, I'm going to tell him. She's like, don't you dare, because he needs to know what happens to snow when it gets hot. And um, then they walk off and Christoph just goes, somebody's got to tell him. You know, he's the realist. Right. So. So they, they get to the castle Anna tries to get her to come down. Elsa's not having any of it and says, you know, you need to leave. Okay, but let's talk through some of that. Okay. Let's just talk through some of that. All right. Okay. So, I mean, we've got these, you know, here we've got the snowman that has been built. We have Kristoff and we have Sven and they all want to rush up there and meet Elsa. And Anna's like, okay, wait a second, guys. First of all, Sven can't even make it up the stairs because his poor little feet are slipping and sliding all over the ice. So he's got to stay at the bottom and he plops him down, helps him down. Christoph, um, he's, you know, sets him down and he sits down like a dog. It was really cute. Yep. Very, Sven very was dog-like. very dog-like, very adorable. And then we've got um, Olaf and Kristoff up at the top and they're ready to go in and she's like, wait, wait, I need to do this alone. And what's funny is the whole... Um, <laughs> The whole conversation of, you know, why isn't she knocking? Do you think she knows how to knock? And then she does, and it op- the door opens. And, and so then they're, you know, coming through. And she goes, no, 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 stay here. And so give me a minute. And so Olaf sits down and starts counting. He's literally going to give her one minute. That's it. So he's counting 60 seconds for her. And then that's when she goes inside, and she's just overwhelmed with, you know, the beauty of what Elsa's created. And it is unbelievably stunning i mean it is incredibly stunning and um so then elsa appears and anna is just blown away by how gorgeous she is i mean she was very pretty before but when she transformed you know gone is the black velvet now it's a sheer white you know um icy blue and then her gown is just spectacular she's got a shape she's got a figure she she's she looks amazing and um she's confident and you know um she's let her hair down so she's she's relaxed she's feeling like she's in her element which is complete opposite of how she felt down in arendelle and then that's when anna tries to persuade her and says look you know I, I'll go down. Well, I'll be with, I'm right here. I'm right here. I'll be there with you. I will be with you through this. You don't have to be, you know, afraid. You don't have to worry about anything. I'll make sure everything's okay. And then she's like, no, you don't understand. 
I can't, I can't go down there. And she says, just go back. That's where you belong. You know, go open up the gates. And she's like, you don't understand. Apparently you don't realize Arendelle's in deep, 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 deep snow. You know, they've started singing the whole for the first time in forever. And this time for the first time in forever. Now it's, um, you know, uh, Anna's still being hopeful, but Elsa's still being very, very reticent. Well, but Elsa is experiencing what I, I think a lot of teenage girls experience of the emotions they feel are just controlling their world. And it's just what they're feeling now really starts to create this thing in the real world. Their things they're feeling are so strong, you know, and anyway, so, and and that's the truth. And, and as, and as Anna is trying to convince her to go and they're, they're, they're singing the song. Elsa is is panicking, and her emotions are out of control, and it starts swirling, and there's a, a storm inside. She's creating a storm inside, yeah. and so that's when, unfortunately, she strikes Anna on um, Anna in the in the heart as she's swirling around to try and kind of like, uh, I can't do this anymore. Yep. So <clears throat> they've got to get they've got to get Anna to get some help and they're going to go to the the love <laughs> the love experts the love that experts. he's referred to a number of times his friends that are the love experts so the one thing i want to say about uh, marshmallow really fast was that he was a snow monster but also had clear fingertips like really frozen water but then the rest was snow so it was nice to mix both of yeah, those things both together but, and that was the thing is as he got angrier he ended up developing more sharp edges. So um, as long as he was totally mellow, he was softer and more snow-like. And the more angry he got, the more ice crystals formed. So, um, But yeah, Marshmallow basically sends them packing. And I thought it was really cute. Here we get Anna, feisty Anna again, you know, and he even calls her feisty pants, which I thought was mm-hmm. hilarious. I love that. Okay, feisty pants, settle down. Because she threw a snowball at him. And then she made him mad. So that's why he chased them off. And they end up finding the trolls again. Well, yeah, they end up falling down, and it's very funny. And Olaf can't find his feet, but it's not his feet. It's Kristoff's feet. Yep. Um, and where's Sven in all this? He, he's around He came somewhere. down the mountain some other way because yep. he did not come down the same way they did. <clears throat> but they go and find the trolls. Mm-hmm. And, of course, when they get there... Kristoff is talking to them and, oh, hey, look like you've grown so much, blah, blah, blah. And they're just still rocks. And Anna and, <laughs> and uh, Olaf are standing there and Olaf kind of off to the side says, out of the side of his mouth goes, he's crazy. Mm-hmm. You all distract him while you run away. And then nothing. And he keeps spent or Kristoff is still talking to the rocks. And Olaf is like, why aren't you running? Anna, I love you. I insist you run. <laughs> your own safety i mean it was just it was very cute and funny and she's like oh yeah um you know i'm just gonna go and that's when they all woke up and they all really were kind of pushing because Kristoff brought anna brought a girl like, oh my gosh well, you're gonna get married then so then they started pushing not that anyone pushes anyone else to get married no, to anybody no, never. never that never ever happens no. ever nope. so then this uh, fun little song we'll play a bit of it now What's the 
issue, dear? Why are you holding back from such a man? Is it the clumpy way he walks? Or the grumpy way he talks? Or the piercing square-shaped weirdness of his feet? And though we know he washes well, he always ends up sort of smelly. But you'll never meet a fellow who's as sensitive and sweet. So he's a bit of a fixer-upper. So he's got a few flaws. Like his peculiar brain, dear. This thing with the reindeer that's, that's a little outside of nature's laws. So he's a bit of a fixer-upper. But this we're certain of. You can fix this fixer-upper up with a little bit of love. Can we please just stop talking about this? A little bit of love and therapy. I don't know. but Well, anyway, and this just... song actually is the key to mm-hmm. how to solve the problem. And they, you know, they don't know that that's what's going on, but it is true. You know, love is a force that's both powerful and strange. You know, people make bad choices when they're mad or scared or stressed, but throw a little love their way and you'll bring out their best. And... So then we see the rescue party arriving at the ice castle. And then... Yeah, because because in the meantime, Anna's horse has come back without her. Yeah. And Hans decides, okay, I'm going to go look for her now. And anybody who wants to come with me can come with me. And so then he gets a posse together. And, of course, Weaselton... Yep. sends his two goons with uh, him and says, you know, if the queen gets out of hand, uh, make it stop. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Weaselton's there to exploit. He's not there for anything other than that. He wants to exploit as much as he can. He kind of indicates that at the beginning of the movie. So, And what I noticed is as she was, she felt threatened, it was different for Elsa this time. Yeah. She had practiced her you know ice magic if you will and she was very precise yeah as she was defending herself mm-hmm. she didn't kill anybody nope and she didn't hurt anybody but no. she did restrain people and it was very interesting to watch her use her power to kind of mr direct it away from her right. and to whatever and so I really felt that she had come a long way, mm-hmm. and you could tell that there had been a lot of growth, you know, in her for that. But still, very scared, and mm-hmm. it overtook her, and that's why, you know, uh, they were able to overpower her because she could only fend off the two of them at, at one time. And then when Hans gets up there and deflects the arrow up to the chandelier to kind of knock her out, so to speak, that's how he ends up capturing her. And so. In the end, we see that Elsa is locked up with yep. these restraints around her hands, yeah. so she can't use the ice magic, but she still could. And then Anna realizes now that Hans was a faker. Well, because and- in, in, back in back at the trolls, she started to pass out because. Mm-hmm. Um, her hair had turned all white, yep. or was mostly white, and they knew that. You know, they told her the only thing Grandpappy couldn't do anything about it. He said, "It's the heart. It's only an act of true love." And that's when the other—I can't remember her name—but the other troll said, "Oh, true love's kiss." Mm-hmm. And they were expecting, you know, Kristoff to be that, and he really was. And if he had just kissed her right then and there, it would have been the end of that. Yeah. However, 
because he didn't, because he wasn't sure how she felt. And because I think he really believed that he needed to send her, that she truly loved Hans, he needed to get her down to Hans. So he takes her down to Hans and Olaf's sliding down the hill and he's like, stay out of sight. And then two seconds later, hello, it's alive, screaming, you know, that was pretty funny. They they go to the palace and, you know, Hans had gone to Elsa and said, hey, you need to turn off the winter. And she's like, I can't. So basically she revealed to him she didn't know how. Right. So so she is locked up. And then Hans reveals himself to Anna. Because Anna says, true love's kiss. Yeah, kiss me. You have to kiss me right now. You have to do this right now. And then he says, I wish I loved you. No, he said, she said, true love's kiss will do this. So you have to kiss me. And he goes, oh, Anna. If only there was someone out there who loved you. Yeah. And that's when you, I mean, that's one of the meanest, we've seen some pretty nasty villains. Right. But that's one of the meanest things anybody has ever said. He's one of the worst villains ever. I mean, and I don't mean like worst as in bad. He, he is a horrible, horrible, he makes an excellent villain actually. I love the icicle looking glass. That was oh, fun. Oh yeah. When, when uh, Olaf is because Olaf finally gets himself in there. He, I love the fact that um, Hans, still playing the part, goes down after he basically extinguishes all the fire in the room so there's no warmth, so Anna cannot thaw out. She's freezing um, faster and faster. And so he goes down to the council room, and there's you know all the, the big heads of whatever, and he tells them that Anna's dead. Right. Um, and she managed to you know speak her marriage vows before she died in his arms and he's he's playing the part he's milking it for every little last bit because he knows that in in a few minutes she will be dead anyway because she's in the room there's no heat in there she'll freeze to death so then anna um or elsa escapes right because he's charging her with trees and they're about to go get her and kill her but she escapes and is out on the fjords and so he goes after her because he's going to kill her. Well, and Hans is kind of like the emperor and says, he tells her a lie. Yeah. says, in your rage, when the emperor told uh, Anakin, in your rage, you killed her. You're talking about Star Wars. Right. So he lied and he he told a lie about how someone <laughs> died with the same thing with Hans. You know, just, you know, you hit her with the icicle bolt and she died. So very, very similar to actually, let's pull a once upon a time uh, reference. You ready for this one? When Regina told Rumpelstiltskin that Belle was dead and jumped out mm. of the tower. Yeah. Yep. Big fat True. lie. Big fat lie. So, so I, I definitely want to go to the end and talk about the, the sacrifice part. Okay. Well, that's what we're, we're getting there. We are okay. getting there. Right. So now Anna is. Um, needing to get out there, she realizes she and she and Olaf have a moment at the fireplace where she finally tells him, "You've got to get away. You're going to melt." And he says, "Some people are worth melting for." You know, he's willing. He's showing to her exactly what he just told her: love is love is putting someone else's needs before your own, and that's exactly true. And so he then demonstrates that he loves her by almost melting so that he can, you know, warm her up. <clears throat> they break out of the uh, the house because as she's getting frozen, more frozen, it's freezing the house around her. Yep. And so <clears throat> they their only escape is out the window, sliding down the, the rooftops. And I love, like you said, the, the 
icicle-looking glass was pretty funny. And that was quite amusing. So... Um, and so then they're they're out there on the fjords. On the opposite end, we have Kristoff running. Then we've got Elsa running away, and Hans chasing her. So we got all four of them out there mm-hmm. on the on the fjords, frozen fjords, which are now actually in turmoil because Elsa is now escaping and she's trying to get away, and she's so upset. It's making um, you know a, a bigger storm. That's what brings Hans or Kristoff back. They're all running through the middle of the storm, and as it's happening, now we've got the ice breaking apart and the ships starting to fall over and crumble, and it's very dangerous. I actually was scared to death that one of those things was going to hit Sven. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the masts or pieces of the ship was going to hit Sven. And um, and then finally, Hans gets up, catches up with Elsa, and tells her that Anna's dead, that she killed her. Big fat lie. Right. She killed her. And then um, Elsa sinks down and the storm stops. She's just so upset. And so the storm stops. And now everybody can see clearly. We got a <clears throat> peanut gallery of all the, the council people and the, the you know noblemen watching what's going on. You got Kristoff trying to run to Anna to save her before she freezes. We got Anna trying to get to Kristoff, but then she notices that Hans is about to kill her sister. Mm-hmm. And so she makes a decision. Do I go get kissed and save myself or do I save my sister? And she chooses to sacrifice herself to save her sister. And so because of that, that was the act of true love. Exactly. And so what's nice is we're used to that kind of thing with Once Upon a Time because we began with the true love's kiss breaking the curse with Snow White. But then as time went on, we've seen that true love can take many different forms. Right. And it doesn't have to be a kiss. It can be an act. I love you. I believe in magic. Whatever that means, that's what does that. So, Well, even Henry... um the breaking of the curse the first time, mm-hmm. Emma kissing Henry. It wasn't right, Emma, right, right. you know, it wasn't true love as far as, you know, but, I mean, romantic. the pilot was the, well, what was. we're used to. Right. But, the pilot's yeah. what we're used to. But what I'm saying is that, and once upon a time, for an example of what they've done where it's not necessarily a true love's kiss. I mean, Aurora and sleeping, you know, Aurora and Philip, it was true love's kiss that mm-hmm. broke the curse, right? Yep. So that's a typical traditional fairy tale. But you have, you know, Emma kissing a dying Henry. And breaking the curse, mm-hmm. you have um, Henry believing in Regina, and Regina kissing Henry. I mean, it's just there right. were so many, so many, so many things that that were examples of true love, and that's why I like this as well because it wasn't, you know, the typical fairy tale where Hans kissed or not Hans, where Kristoff kissed Anna and that broke the curse. That didn't. That wasn't going to do it. Right. So we see that, and then we have the epilogue scene with a very much in control Elsa. Yeah. Can, for the betterment of the people, create a mini winter in the summertime. Right. 
So she, she, what, it, what we saw was, um, I mean, that was just an extension of it, but I love the fact that she was open and in control and she felt mm-hmm. loved and she felt love. And I think she loved her people so much that she was able to keep control. And that's how she learned how to control her powers. And once she had control of them, everybody loved her. I mean, they loved her from the beginning anyway. So it was kind of funny that she didn't recognize that, that she was well loved. And if she had just allowed them to love on her, I think that that would have changed the whole story. Right. I I love that she created a little snow flurry cloud for right. Olaf. For so Olaf. He well, because could... as she thawed as she thawed out the um, the winter and raised the ship, and I loved Anna being the one to deck, right. you know, right. uh, Hans. And I love the fact that she, he said, you know, she said the only one with a frozen heart around here is you, mm-hmm. and that's the truth because at that point in time, um, Elsa's heart had been thawed. There wasn't, she didn't have a frozen heart anymore. She wasn't cut off from everybody. She was willing to, you know, hug and touch and be around people and Anna, especially. And, um, you know, Elsa or Anna's heart had been, you know, thawed from, you know, her act of true love. So it's just, it was a really good ending. It was a really good ending. I like the fact that they didn't automatically make it, you know, Hans and, or gosh, I keep saying Hans. Kristoff and Anna's wedding day. I mean, that would have been right. ridiculous right. too. They they put them in a little bit of a relationship, but we don't know if they'll live happily ever after or not. We don't mm-hmm. know if they'll get married. They're at least in a relationship right now. Yep. So I like the fact that um, that they didn't end it on a typical fairy tale note. That it was a little bit atypical. I loved the whole Sven, you know, stealing uh, <laughs> Olaf's nose. Uh, when he sneezed from smelling the flowers and then gave it back and was like really happy. And I love the fact that, you know, Anna gave Kristoff the, you know, the new sled and the latest model. And it was, you know, all paid off, had a cup holder, which was really quite funny, a little adult humor. Well, and Wesselton got cut off. And so Wesselton got nice. completely cut off. That was awesome. And then Hans was sent back to his home in the Southern Isles via the brig on the ship mm-hmm. and uh, the Frenchman said we'll see how his brothers his 12 older brothers uh, what they think of his behavior and how he behaved here so so we have two more things to talk about okay the first thing we're going to talk about is let's kind of talk about how mm-hmm. you think that Frozen will fit in with Once Upon a Time uh, well we know that uh, Elsa was Trapped in Rumpelstiltskin's vault right. of things that he doesn't understand. <laughs> um, so they had some type of interaction somewhere. They somehow. had something. He knows her from somewhere. Um, we do know that Anna, Elsa, Kristoff, and Hans, I believe. And Grandpavi. Grandpavi and somebody. Yeah, some other mysterious person right character from character that from that story should be coming through right so how that's going to work um i think i think elsa's going to come through i think she's going to come hunt down rumpelstiltskin and she's going to just wreak havoc on everybody at the moment because she doesn't know what's going on it's going to freak her out a little bit and again when anna's freak or when elsa's freaked she tends to lose control so i think she's going to put a freeze on storybrooke um and i think they're going to have to figure out how to deal with it yeah, and I don't think, you know, even from, I don't think that Elsa's going to be the bad person. Nope. 
nope. the baddie in the show. No. I think the baddie's going to be another character yep. in the show. Yeah. But I, I do think that we will learn about the mother, Elsa's mother. And I don't think Elsa's mother was the queen in Frozen no. that died. I think it's, I think I think it's, it's somebody one. else. Yeah. Possibly, again, I, I think the White Queen or White Witch from uh, Narnia. I think Narnia, w- w- the first time I saw the Glinda the Good Witch in that frozen area yeah. with the door, yeah. I said, it's Narnia. It it's just it looks like Narnia to me. Yeah. Even though we've had the wardrobe and all that, I think they've teased certain things, but I think that was Narnia. I could be totally wrong, but that's what I think. Yeah. So putting that all together with the idea of you know blending stories together i think it's possible the other possibility is that you know this will be the original snow queen from the actual um hans christian anderson tale because frozen was a very huge departure it right, was right. inspired by it but it was nothing like the actual story there's some very slim similarities but very few. Yeah. So I think that we will see this new character is going to fit more closely with the original stories, what I, I'm guessing. All right. And if you want to learn more about the Snow Queen, there's a really cool podcast called Disney Story Origins. And I'll put a link to the episode about the Snow Queen and go check that out. Nice. I want to tell you about a podcast that's hosted by a good friend of ours. His name is Paul Barry, and it's called Window to the Magic. And if you like Disney parks and you like the music of the parks and the sounds of the parks, it's really, really interesting. And I want you to check it out. But first, I want to introduce you to the host of Window to the Magic. This is Paul Barry. Hey everyone, Paul here from A Window to the Magic, and I'd like to thank Jeff for inviting me to come on and talk about my thoughts on the movie Frozen. Now, as most of you are probably thinking to yourself, well, Paul, you are very famous for having said that you don't go and see movies, so how can you review Frozen, which is obviously a movie? Well, when I first saw that this movie was coming out, there was something that caught my eye that made me say, even though I don't go see movies, I'm definitely going to go see this one because it looks to be exceptional. And I was definitely not disappointed when I went to go see it. Now, the movie did come out in 3D and in 2D, and I did make the decision to go see it in 2D as I am not a big fan of snow and rain in 3D. It just kind of messes with my eyes, and so I prefer to go see shows like this in 2D. But the show was still fabulous. I enjoyed all of the music. The characters were wonderful. You were laughing. You were crying. Everything was good about this film. The... Anna and Elsa characters were very different from each other, yet very similar, and we fell in love with both of them right from the beginning. Now, it's definitely cool when you get to the end of the film, spoiler alert here, and you find out that the act of true love that they've been talking about ever since my favorite song in... uh, 
in the film is uh, is actually not the act that you think it's going to be. There's a little bit of a po- uh, plot twist there at the end uh, as to what the act of true love actually is. But uh, it's it's definitely a good film in the way of graphics, and uh, the the story itself is uh, well worked out and moves along, and it's fun. And the music, even considering the fact that I've heard "Let It Go" five billion times now, um, my my favorite song is actually one called "Fixer Upper," which, when this eventually makes it to Broadway, is going to be one of the show-stopping numbers of the entire thing. Sure, "Let It Go" is going to be the big one that everybody remembers, but uh, the "Fixer Upper" is going to be the one that everyone is just really excited to hear, and it's going to lend itself to the stage very, very well. But again, um, the the movie was fabulous. I've seen it several times, Um, saw it in a screener copy before it came out uh, in, uh, you know, for home use and things like that, even went to the Grand Californian at one point and sat around with a producer friend of mine and watched it, and we talked about the movie. So that should be saying something uh, for someone who doesn't go see movies to go see this uh, several different times and to enjoy it each and and every time just as much as the initial time that I saw it. So I'm going to go ahead and pass this back to, uh, to Jeff at this point. Thank you for letting me come on and talk briefly about my thoughts on this movie. And I look forward to hearing uh, how you use this audio. Thank you again. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, Paul at windowtothemagic.com is where you send email and you can reach me there. Back to you, Jeff. The only fixer upper fixer that can fix a fixer upper is. Lastly, very important, we had a very cool conversation with somebody from Dave & Buster's in Orange, California. So all the things that we're going to be talking about are going to be happening at this Dave & Buster's location in Orange, California. So the rest of you just please listen. But unless you are going to be visiting there, anyway. So, But Dave & Buster's in Orange is going to have a... Once Upon a Time Season 4 premiere viewing party. Yep. Unfortunately, we will be out of town yeah. that day. We will be on a cruise ship on a cruise, arriving back the day after. So yeah. first thoughts will be released a day after the premiere. Unfortunately, it kills me. that. Mm-hmm. But anyway. But anyway, this premiere party is going to be at Dave & Buster's in Orange, Mm-hmm. California, mm-hmm. and there's going to be all kinds of stuff. And we have donated a couple of things to be given away in a raffle. The WonderCon Season 3 poster that they gave away mm-hmm. is one of those are in there. Also, we got a button, the Once Upon a Time Elsa is Coming button from Disneyland that they were giving away. Mm-hmm. We're going to be donating that. Also, some 
some of our buttons and some uh, big love packs, some fun things. And so we talked to the person in charge of that today, and we're going to be donating that for that listener party. So um, uh, the viewing party at Dave & Buster's in Orange, California. Now, if you go, here yes. is something important. If you're in the Orange County nearby area, and if you go, tell the folks when you get there, here is a special phrase that will get you an extra raffle ticket. Mm -hmm. Once is frozen. If you tell the people that when you get there, you'll get an extra raffle ticket, and you could win. Yeah, yeah, you could. They have all kinds of different prizes. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. They're going to have a bunch of uh, oh, yeah. things, you know, Dave and Buster's, you know, stuff, as yeah. well as um, other little goodies. So it's going to be a really cool event. We are really, really sad that we're not going to be there yeah. um, because if we were in town, we would be there. Absolutely. So. But it, we saw the room that they're going to have it in. There's mm -hmm. a large screen and yeah. a place for drinks and stuff in the back. So and there all will kinds be, of cool There will stuff. be food and yeah. costume contests if you mm -hmm. want to dress in once upon a time, by all means. Um, the girl we spoke to is a fan, so she knows the show real well. Um, there will be food and prizes, and they're going to they're gonna have, like, happy hour prices. Mm -hmm. So um, if you want to go and enjoy and snack on some stuff while you watch the show then uh, we encourage you to do that if you're in the area. Yep. And remember, the phrase to get the extra raffle ticket <clears throat> is once is frozen. Tell somebody that. Yeah. Her name is Maria, so you need yes. to find Maria to, uh, to tell her that phrase, and she'll, she'll give you an extra raffle ticket. So we're going to be working on possibly a mid-season uh, viewing party. For sure, we're going to be working on a finale viewing party. Yeah. There. Mm -hmm. So we're working on some really cool things for, again, the local folks at Dave & Buster's in Orange, California. So this is it. This is the last Disney once again. This is the longest Disney once again that we've ever recorded. Yep. Wow. So We anyhow. have a lot to talk about, though, and it was worth it. <laughs> yes. But it's, anyway, it's long, and so thanks for hanging in there with <laughs> us, folks. All right. So until next time. We will be either talking, we're, we need to record our review of the Season 3 Blu-ray set. And then we're going to be jumping into Once Upon a Time Season 4. Yes. So if you're brand new to us, welcome. Thanks for listening. Tell all your friends we really want to do our best to make a, a big splash for Season 4 and get a lot more people listening to it. So that's why yeah. we've been working so hard with this over the hiatus to uh, gain new listeners. So thanks for helping us with that. Until next time, let's spread some big love around, and we will talk at you soon. Bye. See you guys. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for joining us for Disney Once Again. Disney Once Again is a Rony Zone Media production and part of the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast. If you're new to the Once Upon a Time Fan Podcast, you can go to onceuponatimepodcast.com slash iTunes and subscribe to the feed. That way, you'll never miss another episode. We're building a community around this podcast on Facebook. You can get to it at facebook.com slash Disney once again. Thank you so much for joining us.
Until next time, this is Jeff and Colleen saying, talk to you soon.